been rolling. You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer again. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's a liar. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? Cinematic Leap. No. Hi and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director or crew member from this week's movie to choose our next movie. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson. Somebody's closer. <laughs> nice. And Glenn Greening. Hey, my girlfriend's dead, you know. She fell off a cliff and died on impact. <laughs> Ah, nice. Glenn, have you ever noticed that you take the darker option just about every time you do a quote? Like, I think we've had had some interesting ones from you over the journey. That was actually a very funny line. It was hilarious. (laughs) It come from nowhere. (laughs) It was a bit much. It was a bit, yeah. I I looked at that one and I've just gone, no, that's a bit dark. Yeah, Glenn will probably take that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Funny. How are we, gentlemen? Good. Yeah. It's, It's exciting. We're all together. We are all together. Something we uh, we don't do enough of, obviously, with the tyranny of distance. Um, but it's nice to get together, and hopefully we can still do our our one later on down the year, in the year, which we usually do. What June we sort of used to catch up. Well, we've done it the last two years at Glen, so it'll be somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do it again. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. We're at my house, uh, and we're all catching up, watching a few movies, and doing some recordings, which is mm. good. In a live venue. Yes. Where there's all the background sounds. Yes. So I do apologise if my dog starts whining because she may want to come inside, but there's a little bit too much uh, wires and technology to uh, <laughs> she'll take everything out. All right. So this week we are or we have watched the film Happy Gilmore, which was a 1996 sports comedy film. It was directed by Dennis Duggan and stars Adam Sandler. Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to work under these conditions. Co-stars Christopher McDonald, Julie Bowman, Carl Weathers, and Francis Bay. Uh, has a budget of $12 million and made $38.8 million. Take us. <laughs> you guys. Uh, so it's done, obviously done very well. Tripled its money. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has an average rating of 62%, uh, with an average audience score of 85%. The critic consensus... To those who enjoy Adam Sandler's shtick will find plenty to love in this gleefully juvenile take on professional golf. Those who don't, however, will find it unfunny and forgettable. Well, this boy, whoever that is, is a clown. They are a clown. Check us. Check us. Check us. Metacritic has a uh, critic score of 31 out of 100, audience score of 8.1, which again just proves critics are stupid. IMDb has an average rating of 5.7 out of 10. Speaking of stupid critics, Brian Lowry of Variety stated that the general tone nevertheless makes it difficult to evaluate the gags beyond an occasional chuckle. Lowry only noted a few scenes he found inspired, including the fight scene with Bob Barker, and when Happy attempts to find his happy place, which was described as Philanesque. I don't know what that means. Roger Ebert gave the film one and a half stars out of four, stating that Adam Sandler's character doesn't have a pleasing personality. 
He seems angry even when he's not supposed to be and has, and his habit of pounding everyone he dislikes is tiring in a PG-13 movie. Ebert also noted the film's product placement, stating that he probably missed a few, but I could, I, but he counted Diet Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi Max, Subway, Bub, Budweiser in bottles, cans, and Bud dispensing helmets. Uh, Michelob, Visa Cards, Bell Atlantic, AT&T, Sizzler, Red Lobster, Wilson, Golf Digest, and ESPN, Sports Network, uh, and Top Flight Golf Balls. Which, what was that movie? Uh, Josie and the Pussycats, I reckon, might have topped that for a mm, product, product placement. placement. Absolutely. But that was done deliberately. Uh, Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly gave the f- film a grade score of D+, calling it a one-joke caddyshack for the blitzed and jaded, although he did praise Sandler's confident performance. These blokes are clowns. Anyway, Darren Bignall, we like him of the Empire. The real surprise is that it's a lot of fun, with Sandler becoming more personable as the film progresses and a couple of truly side-splitting scenes. Mm. All right. So we got to this film uh, because I tricked you all. You did. I mean, like, and let's recount it again. The setup, Galaxy Quest, has Alan Rickman and... You know, you've been whining about missing out on Die Hard since season one. And Godfather. And, and Godfather. Godfather. Yes. And this was the, it's like... Ticket. It was a ticket. We're playing volleyball and bang, here's the set. Scott's meant to come through with a spike and you put it out of bounds. Look, li- you literally gave me a ticket to ride to yep. two of my favourite all-time movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I took a swerve. <laughs> a major swerve, but I took a swerve. Uh, obviously, we went to Cocaine Bear, and again, then it gave me the opportunity to go to Ray Liotta, which would have given me Godfather, or God, mm-hmm. Goodfellas, yep. and Godfather. Yeah. And again, I took a swerve. You did. I went with Mark Mother's Bar, Mother's Ball, who, who did the music beautifully in Cocaine Bear, uh, and chose this film. Yeah. So. I mean, and this is, it's, it's nice. It's a, it, you know. Um, the music in this was better. Than Cocaine Bear? No, Happy Gilmore. Good Great music. music. It's so memorable. Like, I haven't watched this movie in a long time, and as soon as I heard that music, it felt like a song I knew. Like it just, yeah, it mm. was so. It was just really good at, at uh, evoking the feelings and whatnot. Yeah, oh, I hundred percent agree. That... It's stuck in my head now. That guitar. Yeah, I can't remember it. I watched it last night. <laughs> no, not that song. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just thought, I look, I thought, let's do something different. Let's go to a few movies. I knew you thought I'd be predictable, and I thought, let's just change it up completely. And you have. I have. It's been a, it's like Bugs Bunny popping out of the ground. I know, I've, I've missed that left turn to Alb- Albuquerque. Well, missed a few, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, but you never know. Predictable Scott might come back. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so look, I, obviously I chose to leave it to get to this film, because I did want to change things up. Um, I chose this film... One, because it gets to me to my destination. As I said last week, I had a destination in mind and I wanted to try and find the most fun way to get there. Um, look, I'm not going to lie. I had intended this film to be Oppenheimer as my second <laughs> until I got a message from Glenn that said Oppenheimer's terrible. And I thought, well, I can't make Glenn watch the same movie twice in like three days. So, I mean, you could. Well, I could have, but that would be <laughs> me. And when, it, when I saw the opportunity come to this, I thought, oh, I remember loving that film. I probably haven't seen it for a couple of years. And I thought, oh, we used to quote this movie all the time. So I reckon let's go to this and I could mm. still get to my destination. So that was uh, why I chose this. Um, Michael, what was your thoughts when I chose this? Other than what the... Hang on, Scott's done it again. I think I lost... I've already lost, you know, 
the thread of where you were going on the cocaine beer and the setup was like I don't care anymore <laughs> well, I, could have, I could have still got to the Godfather yeah and look I mean I suppose in that sense a bit of relief I was like oh thank god I don't have to watch a gangster film huzzah well, I, would um, have made you to watch, I could have made you watch two in a row yeah yeah look I don't I've watched I've watched some gangster films um but they're usually the comedy ones or a different I don't know they're not the full ones so um and you know Pete Kelly often berates me for not watching some of the the greatest cinema of all time with like the Godfather and Goodfellas and that kind of stuff. Well, so, they are two of the most well-made films of all time, and look, and that's why classics. the hype, the hype is killing it for me. And <laughs> I don't like gangster films. I keep saying one day we'll get there. One, one day. day, each time I have an opportunity, I haven't taken it, but yep. one day we will get there. The swerve. So you were happy though when I chose Happy? Yeah, yeah, like you know, Happy Gilmore's a it's a classic. Um, you know, if you, if you ignore all the re- reviewers, it's a good film, mm. which you cool. should do. Hmm. Ignore the reviewers. Listen to our pod instead. Yeah, <laughs> Glenn, your thoughts? I need backing music. <laughs> uh, you should put that in front of the microphone, Glenn, so we can actually. Hear. I watched um, this movie last century. I don't think I've watched it this century. This is the music I was talking about, Michael. Brought you back into it. This, is the this, this bit. Mm, yeah. yeah, that. It's all through the movie, and it's great. Sorry. Um, I haven't watched this movie in so long and it was exciting to see it again because I remember really enjoying I watched it a lot back in the late 90s I watched it many times and so to, to be forced to watch it now was not forced like it didn't feel like it was forced it was, yeah. it was fun watching it again and um, I was happy to do it do that and it was as soon as it started and it looked old it looked filmy you know the little mm. the titles have that little bounce to it like it's in a projector almost you know mm. um and, and it looked good, and I was like, I wonder if this has aged well. Because, I mean, it is Adam Sandler, and sometimes he can be questionable with his humour, might not age well. Like his dream sequence, for example, when he's thinking <laughs> yes. of Happy Place. But, um, gosh, for me, this, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good watching it again. Because mm. yeah. that mid-90s time was, I think, an interesting time with comedy when you look back at it now. Um I think there are some things that were made then that you probably could not get away with making now, rightly or wrongly. Um, it, it's interesting because the concept of political correctness, how it, was in, it was there. Like, you know, people were talking about that's not politically correct. Yeah. So... But I think uh, we accepted it more. Um, well, we weren't probably as... And look, this can go back to also we'd probably, we didn't have social media then. Mm. So you might be really pissed off about it, but only you and... Your, your eight closest friends would ever yeah. hear about it. Now, if you're unhappy about something, eight million people can hear about it. Yeah, the echo chamber was is like was much smaller than I guess. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's people. Um, and I guess the and maybe and like you know, there's there'll be lots of people who debate different things, and we've socially progressed as a society. You know, we've kind of um, got accepted new kind of perspectives on on gender and um, sexuality and um, on, you know, queer sort of folk. Um, so, you know, those ideas have changed in society. It's like, you know, 20 something years. Um, and you know, and that's a good thing. Um, and some movies can be pulled out by that. You just go, well, yeah, you have done, you have like by today's standards, you've fucked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I don't know if this one does spectacularly. I mean, there's the, the dream sequence which is probably the, the only questionable thing really. But, hmm. So what part of the dream sequence, I mean, we're going off track here a little bit, would be problematic? Would it the the little person on the riding pass? Is that probably the only part? I mean, I know, yeah, um, you know, 
Virginia is dressed rather scantily, but I don't think that's no. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you know they're, they're the, just the, the fact that it's uh, to be laughed at. You know, it's like a yeah. It, it, it's not funny. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that's supposed to, should be funny, really. Hmm. Like the the fact that the little person is in the film um, to be a joke, to, to be, be a, a butt of a joke, or yeah, is the kind of questionable part, part. And I guess the you know you could. There's the objectification of um, of the character, like of um, what's the Virginia. Like? Virginia, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, they're the only two moments there, but um, yeah. And I guess, but it, you watch it and you kind of go, oh. At least that sort of had a reason to being there because mm. later the dream sequence where she's with Shooter, yeah. And so that's like it it's sort like of turns. Anti, it's yeah, like a plot, like he's the anti happy yeah. twice sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, I would wonder what younger audiences would consider it for me that's like it's part of the film and you've got to you got to take it from when it was made like you know um it's we like there are films that are kind of people go oh that's no good anymore because we're judging those films by today's social standards versus you know a social standards that were like 25 years ago yeah so. but there's no like there's no gay jokes there's no they're not criticizing people's sexuality or mm. you know political stances or anything like that so it is a i think it's a movie that holds up Oh yeah, still really well. Other than maybe yeah, the dream sequence. But even that, I think you could probably question. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, uh, but that might be just my view. So uh, anyway, Michael, over to you for the trailer. There must be a quiet bit. Here we go. For four hundred years, golf has been a gentleman's game, a game of tradition, etiquette, and above all, sportsmanship. Until now. Meet Happy Gilmore. He was a hockey player. That's my puck, baby! Don't you ever touch my puck! Who was skating on thin ice. But when his grandma needed his help... Mrs. Gilmore owes the IRS $270,000. We're going to have to sell the house to someone else. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. He discovered a new talent. The house is like 400 yards away. That's unbelievable. Now he's going from the links. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. To the links. Hey, where are you going with those clubs, punk? I'm your caddy. He's going to be on the tour. That's that's super. He's got the swing. He's got the drive. He shoots, he scores! He's got the balls. Quite a large and economically diverse crowd here at the Invitational. I guess it's the new tour sensation, Happy Gilmore. Hey, if I saw myself in clothes like those, I'd have to kick my own ass. And while he's trying to keep Granny out of the rest home... I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. He's driving the game of golf. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Straight into the ground. Damn you people, this is golf! I'm Bob Barker. Looks like you and I are going to be playing together today. This guy sucks. All right, let's go. Universal Pictures presents Adam Sandler. The price is wrong, Bob. As golf's missing link, Happy Gilmore. All right, so I get to take on the synopsis because uh, obviously I did choose this 
film. Uh, as always, there will be spoilers. So if you don't want this film spoiled for you, uh, pause the pod, go and watch the film. It's an hour and a half of, of hijinks. Uh, and then come back and listen to our scintillating review. Before we do get into that, we talked... I mean, you guys didn't hear this because you don't have headphones on. Um, but you know, we last I think last week talked about how trailers used to have the the guy talking. This one has it. Oh. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like that sort of the guy talking um, and setting up uh, some of the conundrums. You know, Adam Sandler is taking golf to a whole new level. Something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always enjoy that. Yeah, you should get headphones. Hmm, I should. All right. <laughs> Take his way, All right. So... Happy Gilmore is a short-tempered, unsuccessful ice hockey player whose only skills are fighting and a powerful slap shot he learned from his late father. His inability to, sk- uh, to skate limits his professional prospects. When he returns home after yet another failed tryout, his girlfriend, Terry, a schoolteacher, leaves him because of his lack of success. The next day, Happy learns that his grandmother owes the IRS $270,000 in back taxes. She has 90 days to pay off the debt or face foreclosure on her house. Happy sends his grandmother to a retirement home where residents are secretly mistreated until... I don't know why I laughed at that bit. Uh, until <laughs> That's probably a bit harsh. hope my mother doesn't listen to this. Uh, until he can figure out a way to pay off the debt. Two movers repossessing Happy's, grandmother, uh, Happy's grandmother's furniture challenge him to a long drive contest using his grandfather's old golf clubs. With an unorthodox slap shot style swing, Happy hits the ball some 400 yards three times in a row winning $40 from the movers. He then decides to start hustling golfers at a driving range where he meets Chubbs Peterson, a former professional golf star who lost his hand in an alligator attack. <laughs> Again, I don't know I'm laughing. Uh, Chubbs urges Happy to enter a local tournament where the winner will earn an automatic spot on the tour. Happy, desperate to get his grandmother's house back, agrees when Chubb informs him of the significant prize money involved. All right, what are our thoughts so far? Happy is how I learnt sportsmanship. Really? Just, just if you do something wrong, just beat everyone up. Oh yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that has, you know, that's why you are known as Glenn, the Thug Glenn, yeah. Grinning, <laughs> all the sports we play. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so, what are our thoughts so far? Um, I think it's uh, well, it's interesting, and I guess uh, you know this might have got me interested in it, but it, it's a it's a classic setup, isn't it? Like you know that kind of. Here's my background. Here's, um, you know, here's what I do. You know, the conundrum, and then it poses it poses a problem. Like here's the you know the issue that we've got to conquer, which is two hundred and seventy five thousand. Yeah. You know, dollars. So, um, and it's already very funny. Just all the sporting scenes and him just losing it and just beating up anyone that goes against him. Yeah, and, and, and then and, quickly apologising. And then the um, there's. Already lots of great quotes as well in this movie, like funny lines, especially the when his girlfriend's leaving and he's talking through the intercom. Quite a few, a few good ones there. It's okay, baby. No, I hate you. It's okay, baby. Please come back. You're not even, you're not even a good kindergarten teacher. I've seen the finger painting yeah. they come back with and they can suck. <laughs> like and mean. then the lady who, who says, you don't want breakfast the next morning? Yeah, the Asian, uh, the Asian, an old Asian lady. But even just that, the whole start, the way it sets it up, like with the the voiceover, and we're watching the the video of of you know happy over his over his life, and you know we see that his mum leaves and things like that. Like it's just I don't know. I think it's just really it sets up this film as what it was. And we spoke about this with Cocaine Bear last week, where you know that opening scene where it's just crazy and manic, and mm. you sort of automatically go, all right, this this movie's going to be crazy and manic. With this, it's just 
you, there's a bit of heart there, but it's also, it's the type of jokes that you're getting from the get-go. The, okay, this is where we're going. And yeah. if this is your sort of film, which it certainly is, I think, for us, you're going to be in for a really fun ride for an hour and a half. Mm. The, certainly the background sort of narration and, like, you know, sort of clips and photos does provide some, you know, like a, a nice background um, and comedic intro. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Happy wins the tournament and quickly becomes a fan favourite on the tour thanks to his extraordinary long drives and unorthodox antics. <laughs> he also meets arrogant uh, pro Shooter McGavin, the dominant player on tour, who disapproves of Happy's lack of golf etiquette. Though his ire of the tour commissioner Doug... Uh, sorry. Uh, though his driving is incredible, Happy's putting is terrible. And his profane on-course tantrums soon draw the ire of Tool Commissioner Doug Thompson. Uh, Tool Public Relations Virginia head uh, Virginia Venet intervenes and persuades Thompson not to expel Happy from the tour, citing improved television ratings with the broader spectrum of viewers, higher attendance, and new sponsorship offers. She promises she promises to help Happy with his anger. Happy improves his performance and behaviour with Virginia's support, and the two for the two form a romantic connection, which is a great scene. Mm. Uh, Shooter hires heckler named Donald to taunt Happy at the Pepsi Pro-Am event in San Francisco. (laughs) Happy plays poorly as a result of Donald's heckling, leading to a fistfight with his celebrity partner, Bob Barker. Happy is fined $25,000 and suspended for for one month. Because of the high television ratings of the tournament, Thompson decides not to expel Happy from the tour, much to Shooter's dismay. Virginia secures secures Happy a lucrative endorsement deal with Subway, to make up for lost revenue. But, uh, but Grandma Gilmore's house is still put up for auction by the IRS. Shooter, made aware of Grandma's situation, spitefully outbids Happy to buy the house. Happy strikes a deal with Shooter for the upcoming tour championship. If if Happy wins, Shooter will return the house to Grandma. But if Shooter wins, Happy will quit the tour. Knowing he must improve his short game, Happy seeks out Chubbs, who helps Happy improve his putting by practicing at a miniature Miniature golf course. One of the greatest sports on the planet. You do love your miniature I golf, I love my mini golf. <laughs> uh, as thanks, Happy presents Chubbs with the head of the alligator that bit off his hand, but a startled Chubbs falls out the window to his death. Again, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that bit. <laughs> I mean, it's a classic setup too, isn't it? It's like, um, it's got the, the window is open and you're not, you're not really looking for it um, as a thing unless you know what's going to happen. Like yeah. you go, how does Chubbs die again? And there it is. There's that open window with the, the low ledge. Yeah, it's like, really like yeah. yeah. And surely there would have been a fire escape or something. You know, don't they usually have those right out there? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it varies from city to city in yeah. America. Anyway, apparently that one didn't. No. No. Yeah. Clearly not. But, um, I mean, look, at this stage, this is some of the most fun parts of the film. Like, this is where we, we get quite a few montages, and I love a good montage, but this mm. is where we do get a lot of montages of him playing golf and the crowd, and you can see why the... You know, the tournament director would love him because he is getting more people to golf and, you know, ratings are going up and his antics are always fun. They're yeah. always fun to watch. Everyone except Shooter is enjoying it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Great character. Shooter it's exactly. I mean, I, I think I've, I've, I said it when we were watching the movie last night that um, Sandler in this reminds me of my brother. Um, not the, the background <laughs> that he's gone through, but just some of his antics, the, you know, the, the classic sort of... Um, uh, 
object between legs, kind of. You know, he did. There's a photo with him with his bass guitar doing that, um, like you know, thrusting. Um, it's very funny. Um, but he he's an avid golfer. He loves golf. Yeah. You know, so like it's a it's a very, um, and maybe that's in Australia versus other places, but it's a you know a common man sport. Like you know, everyone plays it and loves it, and it's not doesn't have that big social economic divide in in other spaces. Um. Yeah, so, but yeah, like, you know, I see Adam Sandler, I think, but that's my brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he's a, big, he's a bit crass. I'm not a big golfer, or I've only played a handful of times, and you probably know how many, because it would have been with you guys. Yeah. Um, but after seeing this movie, like, when I did try to play golf, I was like, I'm going to try it. Like, that's how I learnt. Like, basically, that's how you do a swing, all right? And you run up, do a swing. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I mean, we know, like, our yeah, mate Dave, shout out to him. I'm not sure he listens. Um, yeah, he does. He's, he does? Yeah. But he's done the Happy Gilmore a couple of times, successfully. I always love that. Oh, look, it's actually one of my questions. I might bring it Has up he done a hole-in-one on a par four? <laughs> I, even though this Probably isn't has. the time for questions, but I'll bring it up now. Like, I know I've tried the Happy, and I've and I've had, I've hit a couple perfectly. Um I've also nearly busted my wrist because I've, <laughs> I've hit the ground just short mm. and it hurt like hell. And I just I do wonder how many people, I'm tipping most golfers or most, especially for our age group, have tried this. I wonder how many people have actually seriously hurt themselves either with a back or as me, I nearly hurt, I really hurt my wrist and yeah. Or is anyone actually taking it up as a serious kind of, you know, method of play? This is how I play now. This is how I get those extra, you know, extra yards on my drive. Well, Michael. We'll, it, we'll finish off the synopsis in a second, people. Uh, mm. So, there's a there is actually a golfer, Pedro Harrington, um, who's particularly well known for his impression and even uses the technique in training. So he has tried the, uh, the Happy Gilmore swing multiple wow. times. I don't know yeah. if he tried it in a game, but um, but yeah. Anyway, back to the synopsis. We'll finish our film. Uh, Now determined to win the tour championship for Chubbs and his grandmother, Happy plays well and leads at the end of the third round. Shooter, desperate to finally win a tour championship and get rid of Happy, again hires Donald, who drives a car. Who is interrupting me while I'm recording? Seriously. (laughs) Uh, Who drives a car onto the course and runs over Happy, impairing his long drive ability and focus. Shooter takes the lead, but Happy... uh, Yeah, Shooter takes the lead, but Happy, encouraged by his grandmother... Rallies to tie, rallies to tie him. On the 18th hole, a television tower damaged by Donald's car falls onto the green and blocks Happy's line to the hole. But Happy miraculously uses it as a Rube, uses it as a Rube Goldberg machine. Oh, I love, I love Rube Goldberg machines. Uh, to sink his putt for the win. Enraged, Shooter tries to steal Happy's gold jacket, but he's beaten by a mob of fans led by Happy's imposing ex-boss, Mr. Larson. Happy, Grandma Gilmore, his caddy, and Virginia celebrate at Grandmother's house, where Happy sees a vision of a two-handed chubs with Abraham Lincoln and the alligator waving to him in the heavens above. <laughs> End movie. There you go. I'd actually challenge that it's a Rube Goldberg machine, because it doesn't actually transfer any energy. It's the same ball. It's just an elaborate mini-golf setup, so, which is also great. You know, if only we could all do those. Yeah, it's just like a mini-golf hole, a big mm. mini-golf hole. Yeah. Yeah, certainly Rube Goldberg, which would usually have, you've got to, like, you know, a ball's got to knock something and then knock something else, so it's got to transfer that energy, which, you know, great. There was a whole raft of them in, like, during uh, COVID. I'm not sure if you've ever watched those. I did. Lots of time. Never made any, because they take lots of time. 
<laughs> I did see a few of those mm. things where, yeah, people have tried to do remaculous, remarkable tricks and all that sort of stuff. So. Fascinating. Love it. All right. Going to the categories. Cast and characters. Well, really, we've got to start with Happy Gilmore. Happy Adam Gilmore. Sandler. Adam Sandler, yeah. I love him in this. This is probably my favourite Adam Sandler film. Mm. Um, in terms of, I think, he's, this is... Look, I enjoyed the the Waterboy, and I've I've seen you know Billy Madison, and I've seen uh, what's that one where they go with his, he's got all his friends. Little Nicky. No, uh, grown ups. I've seen, yeah, grown ups. Mm-hmm. Grown ups two is probably the only movie that I haven't. His second movie that I haven't watched fully. I actually only got about half. I got halfway through La La Land. I only got about thirty minutes into Grown Ups two, and I thought this is shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, Did you watch Uncut Diamond? Well, that's the thing. So there's two movies that I think that he does more of the dramatic sort of thing. There's Uncut, uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, there you go. Uh, and Hustle, which is a sports film where he's a basketball scout. He's, there's more than that then because I think he did Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. yeah, there's a few others. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're there. the two that I've seen and both yeah. of them have been, he's been outstanding. But for me, this is this is his best comedic performance. Um, I'm not, I haven't seen a lot of his rom-coms, I will admit. It's sort of not usually like the ones with Jennifer Aniston is good. Yeah. Oh, that was um, the murder, murder mystery. mystery. That was all. That was actually really entertaining. That, that was really good. Yeah, that was all right. It was. It was okay. Oh, if, you, um, if you're a fan of the genre, though, like it kind of like, and my wife Cara, she is like she she watches um, you know, Midsummer Murders. Like she watches those classic English kind of yeah. crime dramas, English and she really mystery. enjoyed it. Like you know, in the sense that it was pulling apart all the tropes of it. So it's in you know, much like we we watched um, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which has that meta aspect to it. It has that meta aspect to it. Like, you know, it kind of is kind of, you know, ah, oh, you know, the butler must have done it. But it was, it was pulling apart those tropes as it went through the films. It was really She good. likes the English murder mystery where the killer's always caught by 1023. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, classic last week. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just think, I just think this, he's excellent. And mm. the character, it's, a, I don't, I disagree with the complete with the critics. This is a character that I think you can enjoy. He is a common man. He's got his foibles, but he's that lovable loser that I guess, which you get in sports movies. Mm. You know, it's the the downcast battler that's got to try and rise up to win. And I guess the, the like you know critics miss out on that kind of those perspective ideas. You know, these usually are, are like a highly educated you know writers, like they write for a living. Um, they're watching lots of things, so they've. Um, I don't think they've, you know, they're generally coming from a place of like, you know, that lower economic, um, socioeconomic sort of place. You know, some are white, but, you know, they're usually kind of, um, yeah, they're, you know, inner city kind of, you know, they're living mm. that higher life. They've got, you know, more money to splash around. Um, and I think what Adam Sandler does well is that working class representation. Yeah. Like, and that's why I really, I, I like that. Like, you know, he kind of, he gets it more. So whilst, you know, you've got critics trashing his or actually they said his performance was good but trashing the film um people love it like it's a good film well i think and it, it shows that you know the critics are saying that it's not that good but yet mm. audience score for this and i mean it tripled its money so people liked it yeah and people went and watched it and i know at least more than once i know i like i didn't watch it in the cinema but when i used to live with you know with ross and dave you know two of my best mates we watched this movie all the time mm. like we loved it Yep. And we quoted it all the time because we used to play a lot of golf back then. So this was perfect for us. Indeed. <laughs> so, Glenn, thoughts? Sandler? 
Yeah, for me, this is probably one of his best. I mean, this is controversial because Uncut Gems or whatever it was mm. was praised by everybody, his performance in that. And it was good, but for me, this is his best, I think his best role that I've seen. And it's just so funny. And mm. it's classic Adam Sandler. He does these silly voices and things like that, which isn't realistic, really, but it's funny. Yeah. I, just, I, just, I do enjoy him as And it's actor. just funny. It's just funny and holds mm. up. Yeah. Which is the other thing. I mean, it's very early Adam Sandler. Yeah. But at the time it came out, it wasn't. It was I mean, it was current. Doing it, <laughs> it was like, good then too. Was so. he a Saturday Night Live and Lomino? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Mm. I just really, I mean, yeah, it's got some flaws here and there, but it's fun. It's just a fun watch. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd get behind, I'd generally get behind Adam Sandler movies. He's like, you know, um, Nick Cage in that way. Um, he has his hits and misses and like, you know, he's had some of the most spectacular misses with like Jack and Jill and, and that sort of thing, but for the most part, you can, you know, go and for the most times go into an Adam Sandler movie and get something out of it. So yeah, no, I thought like his portrayal of Happy Gilmore was was fun, entertaining. Yeah, and that's what we want when you go mm. into this. Like I'm not looking for an Oscar award winning performance. I just want someone that's going to entertain me, and mm. I think he does it perfectly. And I agree, Glenn. I think this is my favourite. Yeah. Certainly my favourite of his performances. I suppose we should like go on to uh, Shooter. I don't know if it's his favourite before of my his performances, but it's definitely my favourite of his movies, probably. Yeah. Mm. I'd have to give that thought. I don't know what my favourite is. I'd have to look at his list. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Hustle if you get a chance. Probably. I don't, look, I mean, it's a sports movie, Michael. So it's we might be watching not. it shortly. Who knows? Well, that's right. Um, all right. Christopher McDonald, who plays Shooter McGavin. He is thoroughly unlikable in this, and that makes him a great actor, doesn't it? He, oh, he's done some good work in that. He is a phenomenal... Shooter McGavin is a phenomenal character, and, I, and he will come up later with one of my questions. But I loved him in this. I, I, he, in some ways, he almost makes the movie mm. in a lot of ways. Like, you need to have... You know, we've got Happy, who we're following. It's the hero's journey. We want... And against it, for it, with any hero's journey, you need a good adversary. And you really hit. I was going to bring this up later. An interesting thing is like Happy Gilmore really is like it, it follows that um, mono myth or the hero's journey really well. And he's the shadow, you know, that kind of pre, you know constant villain aspect. Yeah, yeah. and he is an awesome villain. Hmm. He's an absolute prick of a person. Yeah, and he's that that unlikable, you know, snobby sort of. I guess golf pro that you probably expect that you'd you'd see in these sort of things mm. and i just think he plays it perfectly and it's funny because uh on x or twitter i actually follow him on my personal account i follow there's a shooter mcgavin um and it's actually him it's christopher mcdonald oh really yeah he plays up to it he, <laughs> he puts stuff on there occasionally like having a go at happy and stuff like that's great yeah that is funny. Always points out like the best villain in this movie or the best villain in this and how good he is and all this. It's, it's, it's actually quite, it's very good. Glenn, thoughts? Yeah, he was great. He was over the top villain and obviously really got into it. Um, and yeah, just, you don't like him. You don't like him. Mm. So it's good. And, and I love the, I love the line, oh, this, my right arm's just a little bit longer. My right sleeve is yeah. a little bit longer than that. <laughs> just that arrogance and everything else he's got. It's just, it, it's played. And his little shooter, his little yeah, shoot yeah, action yeah, he does yeah. when he gets the ball in. That was really good. Like, you know, and they're the, the little nuanced parts of a performance that kind of really heat up that character. Because, like, you know, that's a, it's a common thing in, like, um, I suppose, like rugby stuff you see, which is that, you know, like there's a little dance or something. But that's his, like, 
you know, my mm. name is Shooter. I shoot the hole once I've got it in. It's like, yeah. But even it's even just the way he, the way he played it when he was getting so annoyed. Like, oh, did you just say Happy's driving? He goes, no, I was too busy winning the competition. Like, you could <laughs> see he's just getting really pissed. And just, I thought he played it perfectly. And he was, I yeah, I think without without that performance, this movie doesn't hit anywhere near as well. Mm. So I think, yeah, for me, I think it was excellent. And in, like, uh, it was actually, we talked about this with the, like, the corrector stuff and that sort of that aspect. Um, early on, you see him, um, and he's being nice and like, you know, and then Virginia comes up, he goes, oh, you'll have a Pepsi Max or a Pepsi or a Diet Coke or something like that. Oh, Pepsi, but then he says, yeah, Diet. Or, diet, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and that, it's a, it kind of highlights again that character's, you know, you know, sexism there. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's, this marketing professional has come up, public relations or whatever, and, yeah. and he's like, get me a, get me a drink. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not her job. No. But that's and it, but it sets there. up the character really yeah, like that yeah, place yeah. of privilege that kind of mm-hmm. you know women are you know are, are my servants yeah um, yeah and you know later on he says yeah your your mum can be my my help or your nana can be you know my maid in yeah. my house and and also the speech he does near the start where he's like only one of you gets to be my colleague but you're all my friends yeah how fake he is oh it's just mm. ridiculous he's just the same jokes over <laughs> and like the crowd that. just love eat it up and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he does. I think yeah, Chris McDonald does a really good job. And yeah, and it's one of those roles that when I see, if I ever see him in other movies, it's like, oh, Shooter McGavin. I I, I just see it as him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Julie Bowen, Virginia Bennett, who plays the uh, Happy's love interest. Um. As well, sorry, also the tour promoter. Yeah, comes across as like you know an intelligent woman, and like you know. There's an element of agency there, and she's kind of like, you know, look, at the, we should keep him because of this. Yeah, she sees an opportunity to yeah. promote the game and to yeah. help helps her job and helps her yeah. stats and stuff. Yeah. And so she's like, we need this, this guy to stay in the game. And uh, yeah, I guess the question is, you know, like, um, does she act just in the love interest aspect, or is she like, you know, a character that kind of pushes the the narrative story forward? And yeah, you can say she does. Like, she's that kind of aspect where, like, um. In, you know, referring to the, the hero's journey, she's a shapeshifter and elements in the sense, she, you know, yeah, she's like, yeah, we should push with this, but then she gets with Happy. Like, you know, mm. it's kind of changes that into that love, love interest. Like, so there is a little bit of a development character arc, although that one date and suddenly they're kissing, that's kind of, you know, oh. I suppose that kind of real in some ways, but she must have liked him at some point, in some yeah. way. Yeah, yeah clearly he's won her over. Mm. But, um, yeah, she's, you know, she... She's not fighting just for happy. Like, she can see the commercial benefit. Like, she's actually doing her job. Yeah. At the end of the day, yes, they've got a romantic relationship at the end, but ultimately, mm. she's she's keeping happy there because it's actually beneficial. Yeah. And she's doing her job. Doing her job well. Hmm. And I think, too, like, she, it's that classic sports trap. You either have one or two. You either have a wet blanket wife or girlfriend, or you have the really encouraging one. And I think she does it well. I mm. think, yeah, you know, she's that encouraging one. She's the one that keeps him on course. Without yeah. her there, yeah, he fails. So. Mm. Indeed. Mm. Supporting him for, you know, yeah. he's, you know you're a golfer now, Abby. Um, who else? Grandma? Grandma's fun. Grandma is funny. Um, Francis Bay. Mm. Anyone else? She's great. She was good, wasn't she? Mm. Yeah. She's just... Um, She's been in a few things, I think. I've seen her in a few different... Probably. She's another one of those, it's like, if I ever see her, it's like, oh, that's the... That's Happy's, that's happy's yeah. grandma. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Carl, Carl Weathers? The uh, late she, Carl She's Weathers. been in 180 productions. Oh, so she's done yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, Carl Weathers, the late Carl Weathers. Obviously, late he did pass away Carl last Weathers, weekend. Yeah. Um, underutilized in some ways. Like I would have liked to. You know, you see him as the mentor at the start, and you know, and that it does follow the hero's journey in that sense. So he is the mentor. He's the guy that says, you know, that gives the call to arms. You know, yeah, Happy, <laughs> you've got a real gift. You should go do this thing. Or arm. Or arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, then he's like, you know, nah, I'm going on tour. Like it would have been nice if he was actually kind of. We saw more of that banter, but then he comes back to it. So I could have seen more of that character. Yeah. Which is, which I guess is the, the one sad part about the film is that, you know, he's there and he's kind of, yeah, you should do this thing. But instead of going on to actually, you know, all that golf stuff, like you're actually going to train him during the thing. It's like, ah, oh. but then you come back for the mini golf scene. Which is, I mean, I could, we could have done more mini golf. Well, that's the thing. I, you know, I mean, this was only an hour and a half. You probably could have put in another five minutes of mini golf montages and oh him cracking at a God, mini golf yes. course with Chubbs trying to help train him. No, it's good as it is. It's a good runtime. Yeah. Oh, and I, that's the thing. You don't need, <laughs> I, I'm big on nice, quick movies, Glenn. Yes. <laughs> uh, as a general rule. But yeah, you're right. But I think you could have, if you went, if you wanted to take an extra five minutes, I think, you know, Chubbs and Happy at the mini golf course as you're training him, I think could have worked. So. Yeah, or even even Chubbs and you know like trying to train Happy with just regular putting. It's like now nah, well, here's a new thing. Like we're gonna try something else. That's just not working. Yeah. But how good is that putter he gives him? Oh, that's awesome. Mm. It's a great present. Yeah. Um, but I I like our weathers. I mean, look, obviously he's in Predator and he's in the Rocky films, which you know Rocky one to four, which I love. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and you're certainly in Rocky three. Like he's that mentor and gets Rocky back on track, which I don't want to spoil potentials but um yeah no, mm. i like how with us and i think finally the last one i want to throw up <laughs> i don't think he's even credited in this film ben stiller ben stiller who plays the aged care worker mm. the the mean aged care worker we don't actually have a name but thoughts glenn oh it's another over-the-top character um and he's i, I do like ben stiller but i don't know He's, he was fine in this, but I wouldn't say he was the best. You know, he doesn't have a lot of screen time. No. But for what he does on the screen, it's like, you know, the you know the evil kind of aged care person. Mm. Yeah. Actually, you'd probably, it would have been nice to get his comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably a different that film would have been good. It? Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- but I think too, it, I guess it, it provides an even more urgency for, for us to cheer for Happy because mm. we need Happy to do well so that he, she can, Grandma can get out of... Um, that nursing home because of how how mean he is. <laughs> like I love it when he's he's making a deal trying to sell the blankets, and he goes, "Oh, guess what, guys? Exciting news! Recreation times go for another four hours today." <laughs> and then the, that one lady goes, "Oh, my fingers are sore," and then she gets sent out to landscaping duty. Like it's just, like, it's, yeah, the, it's just the prison. Awesome. The shame he wasn't at the golf course when the thing fell and he, but you know, fell. Maybe he got crushed or something. Yeah, no, he was good. He, I mean. I keep saying all these other characters, it's like, oh, when I see them in other movies, it's the heck, the one from Happy Gilmore is the one I think of. But with Ben Stiller, the character doesn't stand out as much for me as other. he's done other roles that yeah, stand like out he's more. he's done some really good roles across um, the years. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he was perfectly fine and good, but he wasn't, you know, I don't watch Zoolander and go, oh, it's the guy from Happy Gil- the nurse from Happy Gilmore, nursing home. You know, it's... Mm. It's, it's, it's actually <laughs> nice about Ben Stiller's performances that he can do that overtop and like in that same zone as Adam Sandler and um, in those like, you know, the, the wacky sort of characters, but he, he does also do a nice dramatic performance now and then too. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think, I think he's a much better actor than Adam Sandler. Yeah. I mean, well, look- I think Adam Sandler went to like 
Juilliard or something. I don't know about that. Really, really prestigious, I think. I don't know. I reckon if you look at their two back catalogues, I reckon Ben Stiller's movies would be better across the board. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. It is interesting. I wonder if that's mainly because of the um, the type of movies they do. Like Ben Dunn doesn't limit himself to, you know, he's got a lot of range in the terms of yeah. the film offered. Um, or but, I think Adam kind of. But when Adam Sandler does a serious role, he's very good. Oh, he's excellent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. Not discounting. Oh, but when I say better actor, I think I'm a. He's. I think Ben Stiller's body of work is probably better than Adam Sandler's. If you had to sit down mm. and go, if I'm on a desert island and I, I had to take one of the two. I reckon you'd probably more likely take Ben Stiller's than Adam Sandler's. Yeah. Although I might take Adam Sandler's just for this film, but mm. anyway. But no, I, th- I think the fact that this he's in there, he's completely over the top. It's a shock that he's in this film. In some ways, you're not expecting him because I don't think he's even credited. Mm. Um, and I think just the time that he's in, he's he's awesome. He he takes over the screen. He's just again, he provides urgency for what you want to happen that you want happy to succeed so grandma can get out and yep. then then we never see him again indeed so, but um yeah all right favorite scene well, i've got lots here oh uh, good because i don't have any oh. uh, I, I was just going to say for this that my favorite scene is pretty much anything when he's playing when he's hitting the ball when he's playing golf um when he's when he's losing it and starts beating up early on in the film when he's playing golf and then just beating up random <laughs> crowd members <laughs> That's probably my favourite scenes. Just it's more of a because they're montages a lot, aren't they? Yeah. So mm. it's hard to have a scene that's my favourite. But probably that, and also the joke with the the um, woman who stayed overnight after the intercom dialogue. <laughs> that that was. I mean, that's more of a shot than a scene. Oh, it's a scene. It's a it's, short scene. It's very short scene. It's it's kind of it's a very inclusive one, isn't it? Like you know, because it's like um, in any other film, like you know, you kind of expect that a rejection. Like you know, no, nah, no, thanks, lady, but. It's it's much funnier and kind of like you know, it's unexpected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, with her kind of like you know, staying over. Very mm. inclusive, that guy Adam. He's like, yeah. oh, I'll give you a shot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll work happy. Mm. Uh, what about you, Michael? Um, well, the mini golf scene. You know, yes, I, I enjoyed that. Um, particularly because it, it also it's around that turning point two sort of moment too, where it kind of, you know, he's learns to change his approach. Like you know, he is kind of, um, he gets the MacGuffin of putting. Yeah, um, he, finally, well, he finds his happy place. Yeah, the happy, and that is the thing, isn't it? Like that's where he kind of, you know, find your happy place, get into that zone. That's what changes his narrative and puts him on that sort of resolution arc, um, and, you know, towards the climax. Do you do that, Michael, when you play mini golf? Um, no, I'm just in the zone. <laughs> I am mini golf. Doesn't your son? <laughs> doesn't your son regularly beat you these days? Uh, oh, uh, not regularly. Um, but he's he actually we did a, a course, did the adventure course at Bellarine. Um, and he beat me on the first nine. It was like, or he's like, it was one shot behind. Like we were really close. He was really smashing it. Um, but then you know, ramps. Yeah, <laughs> he fell behind. He wasn't too bad. He was good. So he's um he's getting and like he's like nine and a half. So that kid is going to go pro. Yeah. They, is there a pro, I wonder if there is a pro oh mini golf. God, I'm moving there. We found this. Um, I asked Cara like uh, if there's a mini golf mecca, and there is. It's like there's like 18 courses somewhere in Florida in one town. It's like 18 hot courses of mini golf. It's like, I'm going there. Wow. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd spend a lot of time there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to your favorite scene. So the um, mini golf. Mini golf. Um, yeah. And I guess that kind of that, you know, that resolution with the, the mini golf part. Um, I think the endless love 
Zamboni thing. That was kind of funny, um, particularly when you've got the dude and like you know in the foreground and they're kind of in just the hanging out in like and he's singing endless love. So there's really nice kind of bits like that. Um, I think yeah, the golf scenes like you know like let's said kind of are fun too. So and what does a lot of people kind of con- you know consider the, a a pretty boring sport mm. sometimes? Like you know when you're watching it, it's like you know it is like quiet and you know Bob Jones is about to take his shot and he has great shot Bob <laughs> it's not it's not a thrilling sort of like thing to watch but you know um, you know they, they were well done I think yep. bringing a lot of fun things what about you Scott you go uh, so I had a few. Uh, was it from the opening till the end? Pretty much, between? yeah. Now, well, look, the opening, just with the video montage and, and the voiceover, I think it's just really well done. It sets the scene a lot for the type of film we're going to get. Like mm. this, this funny, silly humour, but it's got a heart as well. Uh, we see Young Happy and his anger issues. We see his mum leave. Then we see his dad gets killed by getting hit by a puck. The puck. Um, and then he's using everything you can find to pretend to root things. And it's just, I don't know, it's just funny. It just, it's, it's stupid, pure old humour, but it just makes me giggle. Mm. And ultimately, that's what I watch these films for. The Bob Barker fight. Yeah, um, yeah, that was... It's just, it's so ridiculous, uh, but hilarious at the same time. Especially when he headbutts him and it looks like he might have killed him and all of a sudden Bob Barker comes back like, and, touch, yeah, it's like, and it's punches the bejesus out of him. Yeah. That would have been funnier if, like, I recognise the name and I get that he's like a game show yeah, host or something over there, there but it would have been funnier if I had known who Price is wrong who he was a bit better <laughs> yeah who would you like an Alex Trebek from oh, Jeopardy uh, or uh, it couldn't be it's American so I'm not going to know yeah, those people anyway enough. but yeah mm. it was. I get why it's funny but yeah it was very funny yeah um, but if, if I'd been watching him for years of my life you know on TV that would have been even funnier yeah yeah and that's why it's well, kind of like a, kind of, Tony Barber or something yeah. for us or, or Larry yeah. Emder or something Larry Emder hmm <laughs> That would be hilarious. Grant Denyer, <laughs> someone like that, yeah. <laughs> or um, who's the other guy? He didn't, uh, don't, don't, never mind, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what other scenes got he? Uh, the happy place scenes. Mm. Yeah, all three. Like, obviously we get, yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah, she's walking out just in lingerie with beer. Like, who doesn't want that? Um, but just, <laughs> and then, you know, his grandma's win- winning. I think. The, but I think the funny ones where, it's shoot, where Shooter invades his happy place. Oh. And we, we've got, she's, you know, Virginia's now kissing... You know, shooter, and then all of a sudden, shooter goes over and makes out with grandma, and it's just completely funny. wrong. But it's really funny. I think they do them well. I never actually thought it was wrong. I just thought, like you know, I'm going to kiss your mum too. Like you know, I'm taking, I'm kissing your girl, I'm kissing your mum. Um, and yeah. probably, probably the other one, it's um, when Virginia's trying to keep happy on tour, and she's talking to Doug, and it's in the office, and it's not, it's not a long scene, and you see Doug is, you know, has been watching Happy carry on on the TV at the final <laughs> hole. Yeah. And for the whole time, she's trying to convince Doug that he should stay on the tour. And all you can hear in the background is happy yelling and all he's just beeping sounds. Like all of his swear words are just <laughs> being beeped out on TV. And I just think it's, it's a, a, it's not a long scene, but I think just the way it was done, I think it's just really, it just made me laugh last night. I think it really it's very did. clever too. Like, yeah. Cause um, it could have easily been just them two or two, can, uh, two, them two talking and not have that link to actually what was going on. But I think, to include the video, yeah, of it's just the, the audio scene. in the background. Yeah, just, what? Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, and it's just constant through the whole time, and they're talking for like you know three or four minutes, and it's just, so he's obviously just gone nuts on this one hole. Just no, was, yeah, that comes yeah. under my thing of where I said yeah, yeah, everybody goes crazy. I just, I just thought the, it was really all that well stuff, done. all that stuff. Yeah. It just made me laugh. I think that that is clever. That was clever filmmaking. Like I remember seeing there's a video essay on 
um, every scene a painting, every frame of painting. Um, and they talk about that, like, you know, the idea, and it's usually comparing Shaun of the Dead to, um, oh, it's a Seth Rogen film where it's the end of the world, or like, you know, um, and they're just flicking, like, you know, and there's nothing happening there, like, you know, um, whereas in Shaun of the Dead, it links what's going on on the television to the actual kind of apocalypse, like, yeah. it's kind of, like, it's very linked, and that scene that you're kind of talking about, it links, like, it's and the, the sound like the beeping out and the actual visuals that you can see in the background really draw the two together mm. which I you know I really, really like like you know there's no mistake that like you know happy is a disgrace at golf yeah <laughs> uh, alright notable aspects uh, Glenn yeah I don't have much again but I'll, just the music like I said earlier I mm. thought it was just for the same person who did Cocaine Bear the mu- I can't even remember a single bit of the music from Cocaine Bear but this was just great music. I'd have Gilmore a few more times than Cocaine Bay, though. And it was just so familiar. Just is that sort of earworm-type music that gets stuck mm. in your... Yeah, I, I love all, a lot of his work on... He, he did the Rugrats, so... Kinda, <laughs> like, I, love um, it, I love it. It has that... There's a Joe Cocker, Cocker vibe to it in some of the... Like, the way it sounds. Not Joe Cocker at all, but that kind of... Um, it's just that electric guitar with the yeah. like the pulling on the string or something that sounds like you know. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely a style there that kind of like evokes the Wonder Years like home. Yes, mm. Wonder Years. Of, yeah, like that's yes, the kind of vibe very much, me when I was watching it last night. Yeah. Especially the opening sequence. Yeah, the, yeah. that opening sequence does mm. that really well. Yeah. So that was a yeah. You're right. That's a that's a good link. Yep. What else? Ah, uh, for me, uh, di- that's just lots of dialogue. The lines. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Lots of good jokes. Um, it's funny, like, um, I was thinking, oh, what are my interesting things? And, you know, the Heroes Journey, which we've touched on, I'll come back to. But I think one of the really cool things, there's two parts um, in the golf. Uh, one is the sound design around Happy hitting the ball. You know, it was like, you know, that sort of like smack and then this, like, the, like you hear the flying off. And it's every time he hits the balls, there's this extra sound that occurs to give this indication that it's going really fast and really far. Mm. And no one else has that sound. It's just Happy. Yeah. smacks the living piss out of it um, so I thought that was clever there's like that nice motif of sound design that repeated thing and like you know it's not there when he's kind of shooting regularly um, once he's hit by the V-dub bug um, the I'm curious how they did the ball travelling shot yeah because that's like you know we see like early on in the film we see the reverse like the reverse of the of the the camera moving away from the actual um the like the green or the tee off passing through trees and that kind of stuff and it's in fast motion so you can see that it's been sped up um but it's pre-drone like it's yeah you know, that's what I, was, the... I was thinking that last night like i think if you did that today it would be a drone that would just be flying back mm. away from happy but i'm curious like would that have been like an extreme zoom mm. No, and it wasn't. They've, just, they've just pulled it back. No, I don't think so. But it does. Yeah. It looks. It just looks really effective. Yeah. And when you've got that sand over the top of it, I just think it really worked well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like, because you talked about product product placement in the like needing subway, they probably needed that cash to actually make the film. Yeah. So you know that's a and that's not a that's not untypical. It's probably rare in those days. Happens way more now. Um, but. I was thinking, like, you know, you could run a wire, like, you know, doing it on a wire kind of vibe, but I don't think the, you know, that size of production would have been, like, you would have done that. So the other thing I'm thinking, like, is it, a, like, a remote control plane or, like, you know, the amount of the camera on? But 
or is it just a plane kind of helicopter? I don't know. That's a that's a tricky one. Like you know, so. Um, I, I wonder if there's a DVD extra somewhere, and if I, um, mm. that explains that. You know, I thought those shots were really good. Like you know, and sort of kind of also gave you that impression, like it was that bull's eye view of um, of travel, which yeah. kind of also gave the impression that it was going really far. Um, but yeah, then of course the the hero's journey, like you know, it follows it pretty pretty close. It's actually I'm not sure if you've um, heard of gloves and boots. They're like a a puppet sort of YouTube thing. I don't know if they're still going. Um, and I found it a while back, and they talk about you know why Adam Sandler's movies no good anymore. They're obviously pre Uncut Gem, and um, he's got another one called The Astronaut coming out, and that kind of stuff. And they point out like you know oh because his movies don't follow the the hero's journey anymore. Um, and that was particularly referenced to Jack and Jill and a couple of those flops in those area on that time. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it, it goes through Happy Gilmore how he's you know the hero, the you know the protagonist. You've got um, the mentor or the, the the herald, which is you know Chubbs. You've got the shadow, which is um, Shooter. The shapeshifter is um, Virginia. So it's got all those character tropes that kind of fit that hero's journey. And of course, we see that. Um, I've got your threshold guardians, which is Bob Barker, and yeah. um, you know. All those people that are kind of blocking the way. Um, oh, and the the herald is the the guy that says we're selling your mum's house. Um, yeah, so it's it's got all those classic components of the the mono myth by Joseph Campbell, um, which basically was him kind of bringing all the classic myths of humanity, you know, and looking at yeah, they all had these common elements, and we still use that. And we, and I think as viewers, we kind of note when that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, like we can pick, oh, that is not, you've not done the thing. And we don't know the thing, but because we've watched so many sort of productions or we understand narratives and stories, we usually don't like when the thing isn't there, which is generally the monomyth or the hero's journey. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's a, I think that's a, again why, like, you know, Happy Gilmore is a good film because it follows that, that classic. Mm, it does, it gives you buy in to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that it? I think so. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, you you know, you talked about montages, um, and it uses a few of those to kind of move that sport aspect along. Because, yeah. you know, if we were actually watching him play a hole properly, it would it would take a long time. So yeah, it kind of it keeps that dramatic pace or you know comedic pace even um, mm. moving along with those montages, um, which you know common tr- common trope in sports movies. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for me, just there's great physical and great visual comedy. Mm-hmm. throughout this like i mean the writing's good and we've talked about you know it's such a quotable movie and and all of those sorts of things and i think this jackass is, yeah uh, like it's i think this movie's really well written um and there's just some great one-liners and i think you know it, it moves beautifully but i think that this great physical and the great visual comedy like just as simple as you know happy trying to root like root things with like mm. Different things and the different jobs he's doing, like with the gas pump and all those. So it's just it's uh, it's ridiculously uh, stupid humour, but you know I, I can't help but giggle. But, and you think it's not nearly as gross as a million ways to die in the West? No, and yeah. that's the thing. It's mm. all harmless sort of stuff. You get the Mister Mister Lady that jumps on his car that comes mm. out of nowhere. You get the caddy washing his jocks in the ball washer. Like mm. they're just these little things that are thrown in throughout that just keep you laughing without needing the dialogue as yeah. part of it. Um, it actually looks real when he's driving the when the golf ball, and I had, mm. I, I was curious whether it, he actually did it, so I googled it. On the twenty fifth anniversary, there's actually a YouTube um, of him hitting it, of of him doing that, 
and then he has a crack at shooter and then shooter comes back at him but um <laughs> so I'd be, I'd be interested to know if he actually did all those shots during the movie himself um which they just painted in cgi yeah in the, well they've the, only the 13 million dollar film so maybe they wouldn't have done that maybe he did mm. but yeah it does look like he legitimately hits every ball yeah i mean it's, it's great it'd be way cheaper to kind of get adam to kind of practice like it will actually kind of all right and take 15 of you hitting the ball again like that'll be way cheaper than actually hiring someone to cgi the ball in to do it um this movie had a real impact on on pop culture both generally and certainly around golf mm-hmm. do like, tell well we used to quote this like you i think most people and even like to a point like when i used to play with dave like we used to you know certainly use uh, Caddyshack references, but somebody's close. Yeah, well, like the, yeah, all those sort of lines. We mm. used to like. Well, obviously, we tried the happy swing, but yeah, a lot of those <laughs> things did come into our everyday vernacular as well. If something went wrong, like you just randomly go, "I hate that clown," <laughs> like just stupid things. Like it might be while you're driving, but it's just these little things. Like, and I think it really did have an impact on pop culture because it is such a quotable film. Um, yeah, I loved it, um, and it just does the little things well. Like that guy randomly singing "Endless Love." in the foreground oh, when yeah. they're dancing like it's a stupid thing I don't know why it's there but it's funny I laugh the Asian mm. lady at the start um, which again you think that he's just going to reject it but the next thing you know like he leaves quickly to go and help grandma and she goes oh you don't want breakfast like yeah. um, Chubb's hand I the hand in general and then it gets run over by the yeah the rubbish truck yeah. just those little things and there's a whole heap of them throughout the movie and they just most of them work and it just keeps you giggling throughout Mm. without, I guess, without needing the dialogue as well. So yeah. I think it just did that well. Good show, And as tell. I said, it's because it's it's so quotable, I think it's just really well written. Uh, all right, questions, queries, tidbits. I have a question. Mm. Um, the, like, it's, it's around the initial setup. So Grandma has a house, doesn't actually, um, ooh, creepy door open, mm. um, doesn't actually have a job, I assume, like, well, no, I, I would have thought she's retired. I mean, yeah. she seems pretty. So, old. how does she owe tax? How do you how do you pay tax when you don't earn anything? Like that's the like that's the, that was my I was like, wait a minute, she's retired. She's not going anywhere. She's not earning money, and usually you pay tax to on like <laughs> your I assume it's your income or like you know we have the GST. You know, usually there's something to be taxed to owe tax. Maybe there's property taxes. I mean, like if she owes tax, she must be independently wealthy then. Like, so if she's got property, I mean, maybe there's actually individual property one, but like. Yeah, I don't know. That's mm. the only thing I could think of that just like property tax. But yeah, it's a good question. Or whether she just, when she was working, she never paid tax and then. Yeah. Yeah. It could be just caught up over years of ignoring it. Land tax, interest on top. Who knows? Yeah. But then again, it comes back to the, you know, fact that how did uh, Adam, um, Happy not know that she wasn't taking care of herself like that. So, like, are you a good grandson or not? Well, I wouldn't know. know. I wouldn't know if my mum's done her tax. Like, I would have not. Glenn, questions? Oh, Michael, sorry, anything else? Um, Oh, I did have one. I've got one question. You go, Glenn. I'll think of one again. And it's for you, Scott. Yes. You work at a bank. You have for many years. Yes. Do people bring in those massive checks ever? Have you ever seen that happen? I would I would be so interested to see if someone tried that. We we used to have a big check at our branch, uh, which we used to give out like for people who do donations and stuff. We actually had one to get taken to the Royal Children's Hospital appeal um, when 
uh, one of the businesses here, Bushy's Bakery, was doing hot cross buns, and they raised twenty seven. But no 000. one's tried to cash one in. No, because no. his car was full of them. Yeah, <laughs> I did. It's, again, that's just that that silly Good visual gag. Yeah, that silly yeah. visual gag. Mm. He's, he wants his money, so he takes the big novelty check as opposed <laughs> to a normal check. But no, no one brings them in, England. Yeah, all right. I thought so. <laughs> uh, anything else? I've got uh, nothing but the way on. Oh, no, forgot it. <laughs> got to take uh, notes. <clears throat> I had how many people do you think would have hurt themselves trying the happy drive? Uh, and I, as I said, I know I nearly hurt my wrist. Um, how does a regional golf tournament randomly get you onto the pro tour? Like, is this a thing? Like, can we tell Dave to do this? He was trying it once, Dave. Or Gene? There was, was sometime in his 20s where he thought, like, maybe actually his late teens. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, if I did do he, this. Didn't you ever bet with him that he was going to get onto some tour? <gasps> he owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Dave. Um, this can't have been a real golf course because if you actually look at the greens, the, the grass looks really thick and really long. Mm-hmm. So I'd be, I'd be curious to know where they actually shot it, which might come up in the trivia next. Mm. Uh, but my last one, is Shooter McGavin one of the great movie vi- villains of all time? Like if you if I said to you, who are, you, who are the top 10 movie villains? And you know, like someone like a Darth Vader is probably going to come up yeah. and... Yeah, uh, Freddy Krueger or, yeah. or Jason or but would I for me I think Shooter McGavin has got to be right up there because he, he might make top one hundred. How do you reckon he make top ten? I love Shooter nah, McGavin. Like, I think there's, he's there's just... way too many. You've got Emperor Palpatine, um, uh, Hannibal Lecter. Um, there's there's stacks of really good ones. Mm. He's good. Um, you know, definitely definitely up there. Yeah, he's no Zool. <laughs> all right that's all i had uh michael over to you for trivia trivia okay um where are you trivia you uh ah, oh i don't want to search for something um bob barker wasn't sure if he wanted to be in the movie when he learned that he was going to win the fight with adam sandler he accepted the role <laughs> um and on that same thing, uh, when Dennis Dugan told Bob Barker that a stunt double will be used in the fight scene, Bob Barker insisted on doing his own stunt, saying, wait a minute, I know how to fight. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Richard Keel, Mr. Larson, so um, Happy Gilmore's ex-boss, he had to stand or uh, still or lean on items. In one scene, you know, um, it's a fence. In another, it's another actor. This was due to a severe automobile accident he had in 1992 where he suffered a head trauma. Losing his ability to balance without aid. Hmm, yeah. That's sad. Well, you didn't know. I mean, no, yeah, I wouldn't know it. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler's favorite role and movie of his own. So there you go. Yep. And I guess, like, you know, after that, all these films were kind of um, prefaced with Happy Madison productions or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because so, he's come after Billy Madison, was I think, first and then Happy Gilmore. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of Bob Barker's cameo, ratings for The Price is Right rose considerably amongst college-age viewers. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of stuff about Bob Barker. Um, Bob Barker studied Tang Soo Do uh, for decades under Chuck Norris and his brother Aaron Norris. <laughs> yeah, Bob Barker. Whoa, 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 I can fight. He actually meant it. Yeah, he actually yeah. could, yeah. Um, he's been trained by the great Chuck Norris. Um, Does that mean we can leave with Chuck Norris? Uh, no. No. Um, before must his, be in the credits. Before somewhere. his first tournament, no, Happy no. asked Chubbs why he didn't play a real sport like football or something. Carl Weathers, Chubbs, was a fo- professional football player before becoming an actor. He was, yes. Mm. 
Um, the concept was inspired by Adam Sandler's childhood friend Kyle, who was a hockey player. Kyle Wrigley played golf with Adam Sandler and Adam uh, Sandler's father. Kyle is now a teacher in Manchester. You have to, I don't know why that's relevant as a trivia, but you know, obviously Kyle must have done real things with the, the golf ball. I don't mm. know. Um, to help promote the movie, Adam Sandler made a pre- cameo performance on The Price is Right. Uh, during the sh- uh, showcase showdown, this uh, clip of Sandler fighting Bob Barker was shown to the studio audience. Um, in 2016, Vern Lundquist stated he still gets a monthly $34 check from the Screen Actors Guild for his appearance in the film. Was that, was that a golfer? What was that guy? Uh, Vern Lundquist, it's either one of the golfers or maybe one of the commentators. Oh, yeah. I might have actually been oh, there. Oh, we missed the commentators. Yeah, they were pretty good. They yeah. were good. I love the, like, you know, we have a very economically diverse crowd. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a stellar line. Um, you know, and I guess a way to put the whole thing, like, you know, we've got bogans here, we've got all yeah, kinds of crap. everyone, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, you know, a nice way to say it. Funny way to say it. Um, first of many Adam Sandler movies directed by Dennis Dugan, who also plays the character Doug Thompson. Huh. Which character was that? That's the tour owner. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hmm. Um, cool. Uh, the film was written by Judd Apatow, which we, um, went uncredited. Um, the hockey player Happy mentions in the beginning of the film is Terry O'Reilly. One, once during a game, he jumped into the middle stand, middle the stands at Madison Square Garden and fought with a fan. Um, the NHL shop has sold hockey stick putters for many years. We can get one. Oh, wow. Oh, you order one online. Um, during the mini golf scene, Adam Sandler provided the voice of the laughing clown. Um, Julie Bowen later revealed, an, uh, revealed on Actress, Access Hollywood there is a deleted segment of Happy the Happy Place where, um, scene where she made out with a dwarf dressed like a cowboy. <laughs> there you go. That was apparently that was the line too far. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the draw. Yeah. Um, Happy's shaggy homeless caddy Alan Covert is named Otto in the credits. His name is spoken in a deleted scene, but never in the main feature. At many points in the film, Chubbs can be seen wearing uh, Lacoste clothing, obviously a link to the fact that he's lost uh, lost his hand to an alligator. Ah, uh, yes. Maybe that's a... I don't know the reference there. Uh, Lacoste, I think, has an alligator as its symbol, does it? Mm, oh, maybe, yeah. Um, Bruce Campbell. Do you do anyone know who Bruce Campbell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, guy from Evil Dead. Oh. Um, audition for the role of Shooter McGavin. I wonder if... It, ooh, that would have been a tough one. No, I don't think you could replace Christopher McGonagall. Mm, not now. The film's no. done and dusted. Um, and one more uh, on on Christopher McDonald in 2021 interview with NBC Sports Christopher McDonald revealed that he modelled the character Shooter McGavin after golfing legend Greg Norman oh wow yeah nice <laughs> Aussie tie there. yeah I mean but apparently he's also an arsehole isn't he yeah I yeah. think so yeah <laughs> there you go and we're done beautiful alright time for our final thoughts and rating obviously we do rate out of 10 10 being a fantastic film 0 being a terrible film and 5 being somewhere in between uh, Glenn I'll start with you what score do you give Happy Gilmore uh, I come into it thinking of a score already in mind but I hadn't seen it in 20 years um, but I was like if this holds up I reckon I'll give it this score but then I was really tired and I wasn't following part of the movie towards the end um, but anyway I rewatched a little bit this morning, and uh, for me, it's a nine out of ten. A nine out of ten. Yep. Nine wow. out of ten. Glenn. It's it's one of my favourites, I guess. Yeah. It Must is. be. Must Mark, be with that score. What um, would you give it a, what score will you give Happy Gilmore? Well, I, I've loved, I've I enjoyed this film good. Like it's comedy. I love that. It's like it's 
its narrative is straight. Like, in a, like I mean, that's not necessarily a great thing with some films. Sometimes it's boring because of those reasons. But, you know, we don't, you know, we have our quest, which is to kind of get the money to save, you know, Dan's home. Um, but it never deviates too far. There's not a lot of kind of subplots that kind of convolute um, this story, which makes it, you know, nice and simple. Um, it is funny, you know, it's like a, it's entertaining. Um, it still holds up 20-something years later. Um, the, it, like the, that sort of like sound of like, um, happy hitting the ball, like, you know, it stays with you, that one, like, you know, you're always want to, you're on the gr- the tee and you want to, it's like the smack the living piss out of it and you're hoping for that, you know, yeah. that moment. I never do that. Mine always kind of slices left and then <laughs> curves around to the right. It's, um, it's weird. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a fun film, and and you know I'm like I, I have watched it over the, the years, like you know once or twice, and you kind of go yeah that's you know it's always fun, um, and then you play some golf and you want to see someone do the Happy Gilmore, uh, I think it's a well made comedy at a seven point five. All right, uh, for me this is a nine. Uh, I agree with you, Glenn. Um, I it's just really easy to watch. It's a funny film. It's got stupid humour, but somehow it works. It's well written. Uh, I think Shooter is a big part of the reason why this film is as good as it is. And mm. I think if if you'd had a different... Look, you could have any... I don't know. You could change the actor. But I think Christopher McDonald's performance in this really does drive this film up to the next level. I think he's an outstanding bad guy, as I said before. Um, and then you've got Ben Stiller in there that just adds to this this whole thing. Um, they sort of give you that break from Sandler, who I think is excellent in this, and this is certainly my favourite of his films, but it does, it breaks up that, you know, the, everything's about following Adam Sandler, but I, I do mm. enjoy those two performances because they do break that up really well. Um, and it makes me laugh every time I watched it. I just, Glenn hasn't watched it, you know, for probably 20 odd years. I, I haven't watched mm-hmm. it for a couple of years. And last night I was just, laughing and giggling to myself and going this is awesome this is just so easy to watch so for me it's a nine um yeah just i think it's just really funny so mm, i think it gives it a pretty high score doesn't it it does so it gives us a score of from uh nine from me a nine from glenn and a seven and a half from you michael that gives us a total score of 25.5 which will actually see it kick galaxy quest out of the top uh top three because <laughs> it's the top five and actually, even it's actually even with Get Out mm. on twenty five point five, so just behind Jurassic Park on twenty six point five, um, but yeah, slightly ahead of uh, Galaxy Galaxy Quest on twenty three point two five. Nice. So our top three films are now Jurassic Park, uh, Get Out, and Happy Gilmore. There you go. Nice. Yeah, which I think it sits well in those. Uh, obviously, socials uh, we can be found on Twitter or X. Uh, our handle is at Cinematic Leap we're also on Facebook Cinematic Leap just search for that uh, we, our podcast can be found where all good podcasts and all bad podcasts can be found Spotify, Audible um, Apple, Google all of those we can be found everywhere um, just keep a look out obviously we can be found at our website cinematicleap.com a fantastic website that Glenn puts heap of work into you can see all our scores a little bit about us all the films that we've done um, over the last three seasons and you can actually listen Jackass to- Jackass. <laughs> and you can actually listen to the... the You're uh, shit at this part, Scott. I am. Jackass. <laughs> you can actually listen to the podcast directly from there as well. I've heard better wrap-ups. <laughs> yeah, not, not from me. Um, so, yeah. So, look, tell your friends. 
obviously rate us, uh, share us. We really do want to be fanboy more and, and grow our, our listenership. So tell me, uh, and we do appreciate everyone who does listen to us. So, mm, very much so. Uh, Michael, time for our jackass. Um, musical sting, I take it. Cinematically. Alright. <laughs> so we finally get to my destination. Film, yeah, right. And it's a film that uh, I've wanted I, I really enjoy this film. I, I'm personally hoping you go Ben Stiller onto Dodgeball. Uh, that's not happening. Oh. It's actually we're actually going to a sequel. A sequel? A sequel. Is it a sequel of a film we've actually watched? No. Already? No. No, but it's a great sequel. Uh-huh. It's a film that you haven't seen, Michael. Oh dear. You know Carl Weathers in this, don't you? He's in the Rocky franchise. I do now. Yeah. Yep. Great films. Predator. It's also easy and all seen Predator. He's hunting a sport. Hunting is a sport. But we're actually going to go... You mentioned the sound, Michael. I did mention the sound. So we're going to go with John Roche. John Roche. Who did a lot of the sound in this. And he's done the sound in a lot of very good films. He's done like Fight Club. He did Interstellar. Mm -hmm. Um, Where are we? Sounds pro. He's very good at what he does. Knives Out, uh, The Social Network, uh, Black Panther. But he also did Back to the Future, Gone Girl. But he did a film that I really enjoyed. And I know it's a film, Michael, that you haven't seen. I know it's a film Glenn hasn't seen. And it's Top Gun Maverick. Hey! So I've wanted to get to this for a while. It's a really fun film. I'm really looking forward to watching it again. I've watched it three times now. And each time, I watched it twice in the cinema, which is very rare for me. Mm. But I watched it the first time, and then our friend Dave said, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I said, mate, I'll go with you. Yeah. And then I saw it two days later. And again, I'm just sitting there going, this is awesome. So, so I'm looking it, forward to watching it again. I actually have watched this, Scott. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh. In the cinema. Yeah. Well, so. I'm glad that you sort of seemed happy that I chose it. So Again, a bit of a nice surprise. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think my, my three is, I think I've, I've, I've shaken it up. I could have been predictable and, and you know, gone Die Hard, Heat, and Godfather, which are yeah, certainly three of my top ten films of all time. But mm-hmm. I thought, let's throw it around and let's see. Hopefully, we'll find, we've found some episodes that the, the fans will like. Indeed. So, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And we're actually going to go watch it now. Huzzah. Which will be fun. So, yeah. uh, thank you all for listening. Really do appreciate it. And uh, listen to us next time when we review Top Gun Maverick. And I hope you enjoyed our review of Happy Gilmore. Thanks very much. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. Ah! In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap.